Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one. Except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. It's the almost award-winning podcast you probably never heard of, but you're listening now. Robbie Koblenz, guys of a certain age, in studio alongside Jay Reed and no Art Shirley. We don't know. Maybe, maybe Art. You know what's happened? Art has gotten a pizza deal with somebody. <laughs> All right, that's what it is. Art. Art is. It has become known for this artisan. See what I did there? You did. Uh, handcrafted pizzas. He's making at home, but he hasn't invited Jay and I over yet. So I'm not sure it's real. It well, could just be Photoshop. I think it's real because everybody else has had them except you and I. What does that say Ooh, about about us? I don't know. You know, it's not a good thing, though. So I'm thinking he he's he's working on some sort of licensing deal, kind of like a Wolfgang Puck sort of thing, where it's you know. Art Shirley's brand of, of of pizzas, and everybody in America is going to get a pizza before you and I. Wow. I, and I don't think us guilting him through this oh, podcast he, is going to make any he difference. He could care less. He could care less. We know where we rank with him. I mean, even George. George, who just came in for a couple of days, got a pizza. Just swung in and, and was offered you know, I bet you your mom's gotten a pizza. I bet you, I bet you, <laughs> Mrs. Reed, at, because you know to keep her appeased. I bet uh, you, Mrs. Reed's got a pizza. Well, that may be true. She hasn't told me though. She must be on the on the low down low. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy to keep us away from from arts pizzas. Or maybe he's just counting. Maybe he sees that I don't need a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> There's that too. Do any of us really need pizza, Jay? Oh. Uh, yeah, that's the way it goes. All right, let's jump into some geeks of the week. So, what do you have a geek? I have one. Okay. Yes. Hopefully, it's not mine because we haven't coordinated it. I what's, know. I hope not. If not, yours? I'll come up with something else. Um, I'm not sure if it was announced this week, but I think it was um, that the Incredible Hulk movie, the one with Edward Norton, yes, will be showing not on Disney Plus but on HBO Max. Yeah. So, kind of a, a wild. Uh, Wild card there, part of the MCU in a way, but somehow HBO Max got it. And I haven't read, been able to find out why exactly so that was carved out. But if I remember, that's a Paramount Universal. I think it's, it's Universal, Universal. that's right. So that was certainly a factor, yeah. So, right. yeah, Universal's got the rights to the Hulk as a standalone movie. Okay. And so uh, it was produced with Marvel, but it was Universal rights and Universal distribution distribution kind of like sony with spider-man yeah yeah exactly like sony with spider-man and hbo has got those uh universal rights yeah so that's that's one that you know i'd like to go back and watch that having watched uh, ruffalo's version all these years yeah i want to go back and watch the norton because i remember liking it at the time yeah um and i kind of googled because i got to thinking like i'm sure a lot of people have for sure they have because when i googled it, it was all over you know what does norton think now does he have any regrets about not continuing in the role? And uh, of course, you read. Of course, he you know he, he hasn't had a big role like that since then, but he's done a lot of artsy stuff, things he wanted to do. And apparently, there was uh, talk of two or three, or maybe at least one more, if not two more movies. Yeah. That, but he really wanted to take a darker, um, more gritty. Yeah take on it, uh, a look at it, and I guess that's not the direction they wanted to go. And Ruffalo fit the direction they wanted to go. So supposedly it was amicable, even though you 
you read otherwise. So, you know, Ruffalo was the second choice, and so they brought him in. And apparently Norton was demanding rewrites. Well, that I did read seen. that, yeah. that he was, it was heavy, heavily involved in the editing bay and rewriting and was like a little bit too hands-on. Yeah, uh, and I think that's what, what got him. You know, because that's a Kevin Feige hands-on and other executive producers at the Marvel level, not an actor, not an auteur, as you might say, even though he didn't direct it. So, yeah. yeah. And I think along those lines, too, he wanted to, you know, he had the, the hands-on part, the darker part. And in hindsight, too, he he's saying, you know, I don't think I would have wanted to be a part of this for so long. Yeah. You know, been tied up for so long, whereas I guess Ruffalo was like, Show me the money. Yeah, he is. He is. And so that's why there's never been a standalone Hulk movie under the direct Marvel control okay. um, uh, under Marvel Studios because Universal still holds those rights. Again, a lot like Sony and Spider-Man. Yeah, and I didn't realize this, but just in reading about it, the Spider-Man Homecoming is on Hulu. Far From Home is Netflix, and the new one will be on Stars. Yeah, it's so crazy. It's, it's weird how they spread it out like that. Yeah, yeah. And then the uh, uh, so Marvel can't do a standalone Hulk movie. That's why Hulk was so prevalent in Ragnarok because they took Thor Ragnarok. So they took the Planet Hulk part of that storyline from the comic books and incorporated it into Thor Ragnarok, which I thought was that that is one of my top five favorite Marvel movies. Um, and they're able to have the the way the contract works, as I understand the licensing deal. Hulk can be a supporting character, but not a main character. Okay, so that's why Hulk has popped in a lot of extra pieces, parts here, there, and yonder. So, uh, that's yeah, big. yeah, it's pretty fascinating. So, so I guess when it comes on HBO Max, I'll watch it then. Yeah. So, um, kind of a corollary to that, uh, William Hurt played Thaddeus Ross, General Thaddeus Ross, in that movie. I saw that that was a carryover, and I didn't. That I, was. I that, thought that was him. I wasn't sure. Yeah, that was the only carryover to the to the MCU. And uh, Hurt died this last week, and uh, at age seventy one, maybe he was older than I realized. Um, and. I'm going to look it up. I wasn't prepared to do this. Cause but usually, he did look older in the last movie he was in. I can't remember which one I'm actually thinking of, but he was quite Well, we always aged. we give the uh, obituaries to uh, to Art. He's not here. Yeah, he uh, he died um, He died at age 71, a week before his 72nd birthday. And, of course, you know, Hurt was kind of had a complicated history. He uh, was, was nominated for um, uh, Best Actor. And uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman, and then he won Best Actor at the BAFTAs and Con for uh, Children of a Lesser God. Um, am I reading that right? He was nominated. No, he won. He won the uh, Best Actor at the BAFTAs, which is the British Oscars mm. and the Con Film Festival for for his role in Kiss of the Spider okay. Woman. But Children of a Lesser God. With, um, oh, I forget what's her face, the deaf actress who Marley Matlin, yeah, right. yeah, she, um, he was nominated for a best actor role in that, and then uh, Broadcast News, the um, James mm-hmm. L. Brooks 1987, which is one of my favorite movies, um, because it's behind the, the scenes mm-hmm. of a network newscast. Um, so but apparently, I, I, I but never won, I don't think he did, and uh. He had a pretty complicated history. He, uh, there were, uh, you know, former 
girlfriend, partner, longtime partner came out and said that there was physical abuse uh, in their relationship uh-huh. and that, a, a variety of things. So, um, which is disappointing and sad to hear. Sure, yeah. Um, he was a pretty amazing actor. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, but you know, talking about the the Hulk movie with Edward Norton, uh, Ross. Thaddeus Ross, played by William Hurt, was the only carryover character. So he played it in the Norton movie as yes. well as later. So, okay, that's right. And the character played over. Well, and then Abomination, which was the the big bad and the Incredible Hulk, the Norton version, ends up doing a cameo in um, Ten Rings um, because if you remember, Wong is fighting some mm-hmm. some creature. Yeah, you know, at the right. beginning of that, that's Abomination from okay. from The Incredible Hulk, which was kind of kind of cool. So, Rock on. yeah, yeah, Hulk out. Um, my uh, my geek is is James Bond related. So, um, the Faroe Faroe Islands, F A R O E, um, specifically the Calso Islands of the Faroe Islands, has erected a tombstone to James Bond. So apparently that is where uh, the final act of uh, James, I mean, of um, Sean, what's his name? Craig. Who played James? Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig's Bond. That's where he died was on this island in the final act. You've seen the the last. So so not where the tomb blew up in the beginning of the movie no, but no, where no. he actually yeah, died the, at the, the end the, okay. the final act Oops. of the movie no, yeah it's, it's yeah, been out a while yeah it's been out a while so uh, they erected a supposedly died yeah supposedly died he's dead they erected a tombstone to him so that's where they shot the scene huh. and so uh, and it, it's kind of apparently they've been giving tours of the island a kind of a James Bond tour and there there was a shepherd there who was involved with the crew in some way he's thanked in the credits and he's giving the official tours when he's not shepherding his sheep Very so interesting when I've been following an Instagram account lately it's something like I can't remember the name of it but it's like Bond locations and he'll show us the scene where something was filmed and then show the current look you know what it looks like now in, in real life and compare the two scenes. It's been kind of interesting to watch. Sure, sure. The uh, the shepherd, his name is Johannes Kalsgaard, a uh, local sheep farmer who in the film's closing credits is thanked as the king of Kalsoy. He's now the tour guide of the official the James Bond. king of Kalsoy. He's the, he's, the, he's the tour guide of the official James Bond Faroe Islands tour. And it's truly, I'm reading here, a hometown hero make good makes good story we didn't know that we needed so there <laughs> there's a tombstone there i don't even where are the faroe islands i have no idea never heard of them yeah i'm sure they're in the pacific somewhere so if we only had a way of looking things up yeah yeah if we only did but it's uh the the tombstones in the memory of james bond 1962 to 2021 so and uh yeah, the proper in the inscription on the tombstone is the proper function of man is to live, not to exist, which I think is a Jack London quote, if I remember correctly. So sounds like something he might say. Yeah, Jack London. There you go. So, um, on a side note, I'm gonna pretend like I'm Art Shirley and, and give you another uh, another geek of the week. Uh, we've talked about the um, you know the impending. Well, it's more my geek of the week, I guess. Anyway, so it's a rumor out there. The uh, uh, 
Jodie Whittaker is about to leave. She's filmed her final scene as Doctor Who, and she's leaving this year. We're coming up on the show's 60, 60, 60th, easy for me to say, anniversary. And so um, Russell T. Davies, who rebooted the show for the BBC back in 2006, is coming in as showrunner, which has never been done before. And there's been all kinds of rumors. There was a I mean, rumor. Somebody coming back has never done, been done before. Yeah, there's yeah. Been. Showrunners never come back before uh, to, to run Doctor gotcha. Who. Once you do your thing, you're gone. So the rumor was that Davies. David Tennant was going to come back to reprise the role. Uh, but the the big rumor this this week has been Hugh Grant is in negotiations to play Doctor Who. Really? Yeah, I don't I think I might so. even watch it. Well, so they're uh, you know, the 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 children in need uh, red was it Red Nose Day comedy specials. We've talked about mm-hmm. those before. Uh, there was one that was done, oh gosh, before the the show rebooted and 2006 early 2000s and it had rowan atkinson playing the doctor mm-hmm. and it had uh, oh jeffrey um i cannot remember his name playing the master i'll look it up but uh you know the the doctor Probably had, jeffrey wright right I mean, it wasn't jeffrey wright <laughs> no because he plays do. everything else but anyway the the bit was called curse of the fatal death and it uh it was a 26 minute long episode and so the doctor regenerated multiple times, and Hugh Grant was one of those. Oh, okay. And uh, so there's like six regenerations of famous actors, uh-huh. famous English actors. Um, yeah, but anyway, so he's already played the doctor once. But Hugh, Hugh Grant came out and said, you know, no offense, I love Doctor Who, but ah, it's probably not for me. And who knows? Who We just... And there won't be three Spider-Men in the Spider-Man movie either. So no. who knows? Yeah, that's I mean, right. He may he, just be... Fiddling with us. I, I tell you what, that's a, that's a good gig to get to get back into the public consciousness and to make a little bit of money. And then you've got you've got fan you've got conventions that you can go to for residual income right. for the rest of your life. You know, so Hukon. Yeah, man, you've got them all over the place. So, but anyway, all right, we're gonna jump into another fandom when we come back. Art Shirley still hasn't hasn't seen the Batman, so he is uh, waiting, listening to what Jay finally thinks about it we'll talk about that next we're back and we were talking off mic since we are artless this week that we think that art not only is he good for pizza that we haven't eaten but he's good for anywhere from six to eight minutes of content in the first episode we kind of have to first half of the episode yeah the first half of the episode or the first episode who knows all the episodes all the episodes together. So there's a value. He's got the musical element. He's got the uh, imitations. You know. And he, he's got the throat bongos. <laughs> I mean, let's not forget the throat bongos. The throat bongos. I haven't heard those in a while. We need to re-revise those. You know, we just need to get a best of Art Shirley, Art Shirley soundtrack. That's what we need. So anyway. All right. So let's jump into the review of our review of The Batman. And Jay and I both saw it together along with the cup with... Both my boys were there, I think, and Bonnie was there, so we kind of took up a row. Um, I really enjoyed it. Jay, you weren't so sure about what you thought. Have you have you come to a conclusion three weeks later? I don't know that I've come to a final conclusion, but I've thought more about it. I think, see, when you came out of there thinking, saying, this was the best Batman, and I just wasn't so sure at the moment because it was such a such a turn. A remember Shang-Chi, a depart is a much better word, a departure from when I came out of Shang-Chi, it was just like on top of the world, excited, a little a little happy. You don't come out of the Batman 
with those emotions. Oh heck no! And you're not supposed to. No, you're I not. get and I get that. So his parents it, were murdered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, that's that was bad. So, um, but I do think it has a lot of good qualities that I'm sure we'll discuss. I I haven't ranked it, but it's up there. I'll say it's up there in the top several. Well, so I liked Robert Pattinson as Batman. I do too. Uh, I so to, to me, it's very. This is very reminiscent of Batman Year One or Batman Year Two, and I think you could almost take. It would be kind of fun to do. You could almost take Batman Begins, right? Mm-hmm. And then you play the Batman. Then you play the Dark Knight, mm. and it almost fits right in. The Batman fits between the the first two okay. Christian Bale yeah. movies because there are hints of the Joker in the Batman. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk about a deleted scene that Warner Brothers dropped yesterday. It's pretty fascinating. I didn't see the scene, but I saw that they had oh, it's people pretty, talking about it. It's pretty incredible. Um, so, but very, very reminiscent of a Batman Year One and Batman Year Two, which were, you know, seminal runs of the comic. And see, that's one thing that I'm not coming with. Yeah. I'm not coming with that information. I'm coming comparing it to all the other Batman movies but not to the multiple runs of sure. different levels and kinds of Batman. I will say Zoe Kravitz was the best Catwoman ever. I have some opinions about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, let's talk about general mood. Um, you know, we like Patterson as Batman. Patterson, and I think he fit the role for this kind of movie, what they were trying to do with this movie with the dark you know, direction of it, the gritty, the dark, all that. I think he fit it well. And I don't know if it's just because he'd played a actual vampire before, you know, that could have played into it. Honestly, uh, he had sort of that dark mood uh, yeah. already coming in, even though he's played other things happier, like in the Harry Potter, but, um, but he but died in he Harry Potter it. too. He did. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Um, but I think he fit the role. He played it well. I had I had no issue, you know. At first, when you hear when we all heard about it at first, it was Woo, I don't know, yeah. but I think he did a good job. What about the costume? Did you like the costume? I did. Yeah, I didn't I mean I had no. I, I wouldn't be able to lay out certain elements of it for you, but um, I did see an interesting uh, photo kind of collage of the different bats, the way the bat uh, symbol was yeah. drawn in all the different Batman. But that's a side note. But but yeah, I, I mean it was fine. I didn't have any. It was more. I think the the suit reflected what I thought about a lot of the movie in that it was more real. Yes. In, in the sense of this is something that he put together. Um, it wasn't necessarily molded out of, you know, some weird plastic or whatever like, like Tony Stark might do. It was pieces parts put together to made a to make a uniform or whatever you want to call it and if you outfit. remember in the in the um in the nolan batman they brought in the character of lucius fox who right. was played by morgan freeman who is like the the inventor mm-hmm. electronics expert who provided all the toys basically he was the q he was the q of the of the batman world you didn't have the q of the batman world here so you right. didn't have a lucius fox but you did have uh uh, circus, uh, what's his name? Who played um, Pennyworth? Andrew Circus. Andrew Circus. I'm exhausted, so I can't remember anything. Andrew Circus played um, um, Alfred Pennyworth. Of course, yeah. he of Gollum fame. Also, a very different take on the character. To the point of, he was not just a butler, but he was kind of head of the, mm-hmm. the security service. Yeah, he was. He played a very different role. Still played the same role of the the butler who raised. 
Bruce, that sort of thing. But yeah, a much more active role in the more like a big brother than a manservant, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in a sense, or a, an uncle, um, or something yeah, exactly. along those lines. Yeah, and you know they retcon the whole uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne um, backstory a little bit because when when they were murdered, when when Bruce's parents were murdered, um, Thomas Wayne was about to run for mayor. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there was a history of mental illness in the Martha side of the family. And a journalist was going to reveal that. And so Thomas Wayne um, talked to his buddy, Carmen Falcone, right. about intimidating the journalist. And the journalist ends up dead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Thomas Wayne is going to go and expose and confess to what he did. And his buddy, Carmen Falcone, and then they end up killed suspected by Carmen Falcone. So a little, a little different origin story, but we never see any of that. We hardly see any of that at all. Yeah, It's it's like, it's there, but it's not drawn out, which is fine. Somebody brought up that, uh, probably Bruce would not have been seeing, uh, the Mark of Zorro. He would have been seeing Shrek (laughs) at that point. So, um, a little bit different that way. Uh, the Batmobile, what'd you think of the Batmobile? Um, it was okay. I mean, I didn't have any strong feelings about it, but I'm trying to actually remember what it looked like. I it looked like had, a souped-up muscle car. Pretty much. And But that also goes back to the the realness. You know, the the thing the thing about this movie is that we could, you know, like you and me could have put together some of this stuff. It wasn't as uh, high-tech. You know, there was high-tech in it, but yeah, it was just a, a souped-up car rather than something that could go underwater or fly or, you know, all those things that sometimes bat vehicles do. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, again, gritty and realistic, I think even more so than, than the Nolan pieces. So, um, yeah. All right. Let's talk about the villains. Uh, what'd you think of penguin and, and the Riddler? I love the fact that penguin. Well, well first of all, well, let's go with that. The Penguin was not the boss at the beginning. He was kind of the underling and, you know, became the boss through various circumstances where you can see that he's going to become a bigger a bigger player with more authority, for lack of a better word. But I like the kind of kind of the fact that he really wasn't the the primo. I mean, we knew he was the primo just because we know the story, but Falcone was really the big bad and Penguin was kind of the the main henchman. So I like that. Yeah. And I much preferred, um, this Riddler again, more gritty, more real, like a real villain as opposed to Jim Carrey, kind of, yeah. a, kind of a Riddler. Okay. I mean, not to knock that character in, in any of the Batman stuff, but, but this is a very different, very real Riddler, but still with the riddles. I mean, still, well, you know, Colin Farrell who played penguin, you would have no idea it was Gosh, I know, that for sure. It was unbelievable how he was lost into the role. Um, and he was great. And I, I, I agree with you. I love the fact that it's kind of a pre-Penguin origin story. Mm-hmm. And it's not the caricature of the Penguin. It is, I mean, he's a crime boss. And it this kind of... This has shadows of the of the run called the Long Halloween. The, the the story takes place. The Batman takes place. Starts on Halloween night, and the Long Halloween is a uh, a serial that uh, it's a limited series. I think it was twelve issues, and it took place over a year. 
And so there's some elements of that with the organized crime pieces in it. Um, but I love, just like you, that Penguin was an underboss mm-hmm. and not the boss. Paul Dano as the Riddler, very reminiscent of of the the antagonist from Seven. Okay. So, uh, did you you remember seeing Seven? I can't pick. I can't put it in, together, man. Um, Morgan Freeman, uh, Brad Pitt. Uh, he's a cop. They're cops. Kevin Spacey is the Riddler character who's leaving hints about you know murders he's committing that are linked to the seven de- deadly sins. Okay, I'm not sure I saw it, but I know you're talking about it now. Uh, pretty phenomenal, but. The, the Riddler character was very reminiscent of the killer from Seven. Okay. And it kind of had that same vibe to it. I mean, you know, I don't think we saw any scenes in broad daylight in the Batman, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, and, and that's that was kind of weird to me, but at the same time, you know, reflected all the other elements of the sure. movie. I mean, that's kind of what brought it together. Sure. Um, and on a side note, on the Paul Dano thing, he's going to be working with Marvel in writing a Riddler I saw origin that. story comic series. You're wrong. Is it not a comic series? It's not Marvel. It's DC. Oh, geez. <laughs> Can we rewind and so delete that? I, I'm oh going to be finishing this episode on my own. As you talk, should. Yeah. Man, aren't I, we That's miss terrible. you. That was horrible. That was horrible. So, so anyway, I should have yeah. just not even said the, but <laughs> the no, company. No, you're right. So he's, you know, Dan is going to do a, a backstory. I love the way that... Um, you know, he played the Riddler as someone who looked up to Batman and saw himself as an accomplice to Batman, mm. rooting out corruption by murdering these corrupt people like and pushing, like pushing his hand or yeah. forcing his hand. Yeah. So, um, fabulous role. Um, Zoe Kravitz is, as Catwoman. What'd you think of her? I like Selena th- Kyle. Okay. I guess when you think about the other Selena Kyle's. They all had an element of sort of romance and teamwork to a degree with Batman, at least at some level. But this one, I thought it was it was cool because it was hard to tell: is she a villain, or is she a you know is she friend or foe? Yeah. And was she only a foe because of her methods rather than? I mean, he seemed to be all about rooting out the same you know, issues that she was trying to root out yeah. just in a different fashion. And he kind of makes that clear. We got to follow the law. You know? Yeah. But, um, but I thought she did a great job. She was, she's always been kind of an anti-hero mm-hmm. and, uh, the way Zoe Kravitz played her was fabulous. Again, very reminiscent of Batman year one, which I would recommend that you go back and, and read. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Miller did the dark Knight returns. Then they retconned a little bit of Batman and he did the origin story in Batman year one and the way that Zoe Kravitz plays Selena Kyle is I think almost identical to that portrayal and um you know it was great um Jeffrey Wright who we've or we're big fans of as we've talked about before mm-hmm. we've done the right stuff um him as Lieutenant James Gordon not Commissioner James Gordon. right and I thought that was cool that he didn't start out as the commissioner yeah he was he was just a guy that he but he was still the guy who believed in Batman and was willing to take a risk to let Batman do his thing to bring him into the crime scene when nobody else wanted him there. So I, I like that role. Again, you should read Batman Year One. And I've, I've got the graphic novel. I should let you borrow it because 
Uh, I feel like Jeffrey Wright's character, his interpretation of the character was lifted a lot from Batman Year One because in Batman Year One, Gordon is a lieutenant. He's the only um, he's the only straight cop in a in a very very crooked department, mm. and uh, he gravitates towards Batman as they have kind of a, a true sense of mm-hmm. of justice and what's right and wrong. Um, so yeah, I really like Jeffrey Wright in that in that role. Um, we talked about Andy Serkis as Pennyworth. Uh, now, probably the most interesting casting and appearance is someone you only see for a couple of seconds, and that's uh, Barry Keoghan. Keoghan. I would have just said Keegan. Is it not Keegan? It something you're probably right. I'm wrong because I love to butcher things like that. Um, so he is credited as a unknown. Um, Arkham Asylum or random Arkham Asylum resident, something along those lines. Uh, oh yeah, here he is. Okay. But they've come back and said, "Yeah, he he is the Joker." And uh, um, well, that's what it seemed like to me. Yeah, in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from the beginning of seeing it, and so he's he um, has a little appearance, but there was a there was a scene they cut from the from the final theatrical release. That uh, Warner Brothers, who owns DC Comics, by the way, not Marvel Comics. DC, yeah, yeah. DC. Marvel, uh, Marvel has nothing to do with Batman unless it's some sort of crossover. But anyway, uh, Warner Brothers dropped a, a five-minute segment yesterday, uh, deleted scene, and in it, Batman goes to Arkham to talk to the Joker about the Riddler. And he's trying. He brings all these things that have been left for the Batman at the crime scenes uh, to the Joker to try to get his take on him. And the way it's shot, you don't have a, a perfectly in focus shot of uh, Keegan's face. It's kind of sl- it's out of focus, like the glass is in focus. But you can th- see he's got this grotesque smile. He's got green hair. Uh, he's got scars. He is the Joker, and he's got a real high-pitched voice. And um, so Batman comes to him on their anniversary. Obviously, he's been in he's been in jail for a year, and um, he's trying to get you know Batman's trying to get some clues. And it's it's a creepy scene, but I cannot wait to see Keegan's interpretation of the Joker. Very reminiscent of Heath Ledger, right? I figured. Uh, but but more I think more um, faithful to the comic book version of the Joker, not a Jack Nicholson, uh-huh. Cesar Romero Joker, but a tortured soul. And if you you go back and look traditionally in the comic books, Batman, oh Bruce Wayne, and the Joker are roughly the same age, okay. and so uh, Keegan and Pattinson I think are close to the same age. So um, I'm looking forward to that. So do we? We don't know, though, that there will be... There's going to be a sequel. There's got to be. There's going to be a sequel. How much money has it made? I haven't checked Let me today. look. Let's see what the gross is. Uh, it's been pretty successful. Uh, it's coming up on $700 million. It'll probably cross $700 million. Um, Is that worldwide or is that... Yeah, I'm sure US? that's worldwide this weekend. So that crosses that barrier. I think there was a, a like a $500 million line that it yeah. needed to cross to... I don't think it's going to hit a. I don't think it's going to hit a billion, um, a million here, a million there. You know, 
Um, but it's going to be, um, it's going to make, it's going to make enough it's money make to, enough that they to, to generate a, a, a new, um, I would definitely support another one. So, you know, one of the things that was real interesting, man, cannot, um, and when's it coming? April, end of April, right? To, yeah. To watch it on. No, first of April. The max. Um, I can't remember. Don't ask me questions like this. Uh, so there was a surprise appearance in the Batman. I'm looking at the actor's name. So, um, who is the actor who plays him? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm vamping. I'm vamping. I'm vamping. Plays who? Um, Tim Drake and Titans is played by Jay Lycurgo, Lycurgo, L-Y-C-U-R-G-O. So have you made it all the way through Titans on HBO Max? No, I'm have four or five episodes away from the end of season two. It's a longer season. It's like 12 yeah. episodes. I think I'm about number eight or nine right now. So Tim Drake shows up, I think, in season three of Titans. And Tim Drake was the... Um, you had Dick Grayson, you had Jason Todd, Tim Drake was the third Robin. Okay. And so uh the the actor who plays Tim Drake, as I puts it push it around, he makes an appearance in The Batman. If you oh. remember the scene where uh the Batman steps out at the train station and there's the th- the group of thugs who are about to beat the guy up and uh it was an initiation for a younger member of the group okay, to go yeah, yeah, yeah. to go beat. He was the one that was, and so yeah. the guy who plays Tim Drake in the Titans is that character in the Batman. Huh. And so this is completely unintentional. Um, he got the Batman role prior to being uh, cast in Titans. He was under NDA and could not reveal to the producers of Titans that he was in the Batman, even though they're owned by the same corporate parent, Warner Brothers, which has DC and not Marvel. And so it is supposedly this big coincidence that the same actor is appearing in two different DC versions of of a comics universe. But that could turn into if they wanted to bring so if you remember Robin in if you remember in the Batman movie uh, this character does not complete the initiation of hitting an innocent man he is let go because he's terrified the Batman realizes he's terrified and he's as much a victim as the poor mm-hmm. guy they're about to beat up on and he lets him go so that could be a pretty fascinating um you know, sequel um, thread there that he could be, mm-hmm. you know, Tim Drake. Unintended, intended. Yeah. Because if you remember, Dick Grayson was the ward of a much older Bruce Wayne. And in in the Batman, Patterson is like, you know, 23, 24. Right. He's been Batman for only a couple of years. Um, so he's not old enough to have a ward. Um he would need to be probably in the mid thirties to get into the mythology of when you end up with Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you ended up with a Tim Drake who um, came to the bath Bathman mythos, not as a ward, but I forget exactly how he shows up. Jason Todd ends up, he's trying to take the wheels off the Batmobile and Batman apprehends him and decides to take him in. So, but anyway, that was a, that was kind of a happy accident there. So, but anyway, 
overall, there are no accidents in the, the no. There's no DC universe. universe. There you go. So overall, you liked it. Yes, I've decided I liked it. Uh, above or be above or below the Michael Keaton Batman. See, to me, it's it's almost a different animal. Um, Michael Keaton version will always hold a high. I will always hold it in high regard. But I don't know that I could rank it yeah. um, because it's just it's a completely different movie. Yeah, I mean the character names are the same. The the so much overlap, but yet so different. To me, I, I love the Tim Burton, Michael Keaton original Batman. I mean, it, it set the stage, um, the best theme song of all mm-hmm. the Batman. So, I kind of, I kind of divide Batman uh, portrayals in those those portrayals where Batman can turn his neck and those where he can't. Huh. And um, because if you remember the the Keaton Burton version of Batman that went on to. Uh, you had Val Kilmer and Batman Forever, and then Batman and Robin with George Clooney. None of them could turn their neck and their and their their huh. cape. You know, it wasn't until you got to Christian Bale that you had a Batman that could turn his head. You know, oh so, gosh. Anyway, um, yeah, sure, yeah. There you go. Can't wait to hear what Arn thinks about Batman. Well, it may be late April <laughs> when he comes to the uh, max. That he, yeah, we'll get him to. We'll, we'll corner him and we'll we'll see what he says. Well, I'd, I'd like to see it again. So we should watch it with him over pizza. That is a fabulous idea. All right, let's see if we can make that happen, guys. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully, we'll have everybody back in studio next week. We'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs>